Good morning, gorgeous. How are you ladies doing this morning? I hope you're all doing fantastic. For those of you who are here for the very first time, welcome to a Feminine Impression Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Daff, and we are continuing our series on When Women Pray. This is a book club that we just started. We are on chapter two, and each week we focus on a different woman in the Bible. This week we are focusing on Mary, the mother of Jesus. And we're going to dive into how the Lord used her life to bring redemption in a dark situation. Mary is one of those women in the Bible that we sometimes overlook because we think of her as this amazing woman who carried the Messiah into this world. But we fail to remember the many things that she may have endured throughout this time. Being a young girl who was engaged and excited about what her future was going to be like. I hope that this allows you to be able to look into your life and think about the ways in which the Lord is leading you out of a place of darkness into a place of courage. So I want you to go ahead and sit back, relax, get something to drink, get something to write with, and let's talk about this. So before we get into it, I want us just to kind of open up with a prayer because this whole book is teaching us to pray more. And that's something that can be very difficult, but it's absolutely necessary. So I want to also practice praying more, even in settings like this, to just show you how important it is in kind of getting into that place to invite the presence of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here today. Thank you for all of your daughters who are here to fellowship in your name and to learn about how you can bring redemption through a time of darkness. We invite you into our spaces, into our homes. We ask that your presence be with us throughout this time of fellowship, that you send your angels to watch over us and allow us to be able to receive this message that you have today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so let's get into it. We're going to start by reading from the Bible because the story is actually in the Bible in the book of Luke. So if you have a Bible, then go ahead and open it up. If you don't, just listen. So I'm reading from Luke chapter one. I'm starting at verse 26, and it's going to start where the angel Gabriel approaches Mary, who is a teenager at this time, and has no idea, you know, what's about to happen in her life. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. So Joseph comes directly from the bloodline of King David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Rejoice, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by the statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. The angel then told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not been intimate with a man? 
The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her, who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's slave, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. In those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside of her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, You are the most blessed of women, and your child will be blessed. How could this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For you see, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped for joy inside of me. She who has believed is blessed because what was spoken to her by the Lord will be fulfilled. So Mary is a, a very young girl. So she's around 14, 15 years old, maybe slightly younger, but they would say between 14 and 15. So we think of her sometimes as this woman who was like in her 30s and she was grown. She was just a teenager and she received this visitation from the angel Gabriel and of course, she was afraid. So Mary's story has a lot to do with the idea of courage. And it's something that I think we sort of overlook, how courageous she was as a young girl who was getting this message, was clearly scared and maybe a little bit confused. And we have to think about how this impacts our lives. So while we're talking about all of this, I want you to think about how the Lord is asking you to be courageous in your life. In what areas do you think the Lord is sort of pushing you and letting you know that he's with you, everything's fine, but I have this for you that I want you to go ahead and tap into. The angel said something that was really important. He said that you have found favor with God. And when I read that, it just touched me like, wow, what did she do to find favor with God? I know a lot of people wonder, why Mary? Why, why did God choose her? What was special about her? And I want to talk a little bit about God's favor and what that means. The favor of God can be described as a divine kindness or an act of true compassion on the part of God himself towards the needy and undeserving human recipient. God giving us the ability to do something which is humanly impossible to do. So God's favor is not for special people because we're all the same in his eyes. It's truly for the people who are undeserving and the people who don't necessarily have a way of getting to whatever it is that they need to get. He grants them that ability. And one example, one great example, the greatest example of God's favor is giving us eternal life. After we've lived a life of sin, we've done whatever we wanted to do, we've stolen, killed, lied, done all of these things, but you still have the opportunity to accept Jesus into your life and all of it is forgiven, like it never happened. And that is ultimate favor, ultimate grace. So it also happens, let's say, like if you're in a seemingly impossible situation, 
you need something, you have no idea how you're going to get it. You are looking for a special position and you know you're not qualified for it. All of these things that kind of happen in our lives where you just don't know how it's going to happen. It's truly out of your hands. God makes the impossible possible for you through his favor. And it's it's his choice, right? And I'm sure when Mary received this message, I'm thinking if it were me, she'd probably be thinking, why me? I'm sure that went through her mind. Like, what is it about me that made God say that I am highly favored and he chose me to bring the Messiah into this world? And I know that even us as people, we can often think that. When God blesses us with something, it can be something you did not even ask for. It can be your beauty. It can be your intelligence. It can be a certain position at your job or just certain things that we get and we're like, why? Why me? Maybe you grew up in a neighborhood where everyone was just wasting their lives and for some reason you were able to be in a home with parents who took really good care of you and go to college and you're thinking, how did I get these parents or how did I get these opportunities? Why did this counselor choose me for this program? And you think that you're not deserving or you can end up with a man who's absolutely wonderful and you think, why does he even like me? I'm not even that pretty. I'm, you know, maybe a little bit slow or I'm overweight or whatever the case might be. Now, ladies, before we continue, I want to share my fragrance line with you. Fine Forever. Fine Forever is a blessed luxury fragrance line that promotes the promises of God. Each fragrance is tied to a biblical scripture to remind you that with God, you will be fine forever. Our debut fragrance is called 2911 after the scripture Jeremiah 2911 which talks about the unique plans that God has for your life. This fragrance is rich, mysterious, sensual, and feminine. It will surely turn heads and become a signature fragrance for you. As a listener, you will receive 10% off of your purchase by typing in the code FEMININE. Visit the website www.fineforever.com and purchase 2911 today. In thinking about your favor that, that God gives you, I want you to think about your life and think about some ways that he has extended favor to you. Here's one other thing that I found in the Bible that I thought was absolutely beautiful, especially when you believe that you are too ugly to be special, you're too invisible to make a difference. God can't possibly use you for anything because you've messed up too much. Then I want you to remember this scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, where it says, God chose the foolish things of the world that he might put to shame them that are wise. And God chose the weak things of the world that he might put to shame the things that are strong. And this is so powerful because it's telling us that God doesn't usually choose the most obvious things. He doesn't choose the most obvious people to do his will. Because a lot of times when he does that, 
we can always just say, oh, it's because they're this or because they have that. So he'll do something where he'll choose the most unlikely person, the person who shouldn't have went to college, the person who shouldn't have made it through those trials, the person who isn't that good looking. And he'll give them these positions and these opportunities so that no one can boast and say it was just them. Or people start to look in a different direction and think, how can this be? And then he can get the glory for it. So that's one thing that I think is absolutely special. Um, he did that in the story of David in the Bible when he ended up becoming the king. When Samuel, who we talked about last week, the son of Hannah, when he ended up crowning David as a king, he was looking for a certain kind of man with a certain kind of figure. He was looking for someone who looked king-like. And so it didn't make sense to him that God chose this little ruddy shepherd boy to be the king. That's the kind of thing that God does. He chooses the unlikely and the unexpected. So you never have to think, why me? I don't have this look. I don't have this money. I don't have this education. He chose you because he wanted to. He wanted to prove a point that he is God and that he turns the impossible into possible. So I want to read out of the book. I'm starting here on page 19. The part of the angel's message had certainly been true. She had never been with a man, and yet she was with child. And no matter how quiet Joseph was while securing the divorce, pretty soon everyone in Nazareth would know. She bowed her head again, this time to pray. My God, how do I move forward? How will I survive this? Is there any way I can convince him to stay? So let's think about the fact that Mary was engaged. She was 14 and 15 years old, but she was engaged to Joseph. So she was probably in a point in her life where she was really excited about her future, planning out her life with Joseph. I'm sure she was in a really good state. And then she gets this news, which is shocking. And engagement at the time was taken very seriously. It wasn't like how it is now where you can be engaged to someone next week you can break up and it's over. It was taken as seriously as you being married. So if you were engaged to someone and you had to break it off, then you had to go through a divorce. So it was a lot more serious. And I want to also veer off a second and talk about Joseph, her fiance. He doesn't get a lot of credit either in the Bible. We read his story. We know he was there. We know he was Jesus' father, stepfather, however you want to put it. But we don't think about what kind of a man he must have been. He was a godly and kind man. And that's what makes him so special. Even though he believed that Mary had been unfaithful in some way, he still didn't want to humiliate her. You know, how angry would a man be if he felt that his fiance, the woman that he took all this time to court and propose to, not only is cheating on him, but got pregnant by another man. Most men would be absolutely furious and maybe even trying to get back at her, or humiliate her. But he wasn't like that. Even though he may have been hurt, he still wanted to public, uh, privately divorce her because this is something she could have gotten killed for. He was also a very brave man. He was a protector. And he stood by Mary's side, despite the fact that people were talking about them right? Because we have to remember, this is society. This is this was a time where people were 
you know, very much in each other's business. Not that we aren't now because we, we absolutely are. But the towns were small and I'm sure they didn't have that much to talk about. So a person's business like this was probably a hot topic. And he was having to endure gossip about his fiance and people thinking that he's a sucker or he's, you know, whatever kind of man because he's not leaving her. And just whatever it was that they were thinking about, he had to take in those comments and still stand by her side and protect her from the things that she was hearing. Because it is a blessing to have a man who will do that for you, who will not just kind of quietly agree with other people like, mm -hmm, you know, and let you suffer, but will say, you know, don't worry about them. This is our plan. This is what we're doing. Like, you're great. You're beautiful you're chosen and speak life into her. And I'm sure he did all of those things. In, and thinking about the engagement process, I was also thinking about Mary. Like I said, her having been so excited for her wedding and then you mysteriously get pregnant and you have to explain this to your family, to your fiance, and it doesn't make sense to you, right? And it just throws off everything that you had planned. So this is something that they as a couple had to go through together and she having a loving husband, a loving fiance, and she also being a woman of God is the only way that she was able to get through it because there were so many questions. And on top of there being so many questions, as she was probably experiencing this, she's thinking, this is all God's fault, right? God is the one that did this to me. He's telling me that I'm blessed because I'm going through this. But the reality is I'm being talked about. My plans are thrown off. I was not expecting to get pregnant at this time. All these things are happening and it all hurts. For her, it could have been a complicated situation in terms of the fact that she only had God to point to in terms of why this is happening. So I wanted to know from you in your life, if you've ever been in a situation where God changed your plans, where you felt that you knew exactly what was going to happen in your life. Maybe you were going to move to a certain place or be with a certain man and God just changed all of that. Your plans went totally sideways, something that you never saw coming. Did you trust God? Did you become angry? Did you lie about the situation to save face? Like say maybe you were engaged or you were dating a guy and then all of a sudden you guys break up and it wasn't your plan. You thought you were going to marry him and then people ask you about the situation. What do you say? How was your attitude about it? I know a woman that was released from her job. She's a Christian woman. She wasn't fired, but she was released from it because there was some like credits that she needed and she never completed them. And she ended up lying to her husband. Like she was in so much shock that she didn't have a job after she'd been working that job for about 15 years. All of a sudden they said, sorry, until you get this stuff done, we can't have you here. And she pretended every single day to go to work. She would get dressed up, get in her car. I don't know where she would go all day, but she pretended to have a job even though she did not have a job because she didn't want to tell her husband and face his disappointment. And during that time, it was very possible that God was trying to get her in a different space and teach her something or show her something new. And 
she needed to trust that. Instead of pretending and lying and sneaking around, she at that time needed to turn around and face God and find out why she's going through this and trust that her husband would be by her side and they would get through it together. She ended up doing that and eventually came back on the job and was just completely changed as a person. She was just so much more humble. She was not engaging in gossip and bitterness. And as a matter of fact, they moved her to a different location where she could be better. She was still having the same position, but she was somewhere else. And these things happen all the time, as scary as it might have been for her, as hard as it was for her to get moved to a new location, that was the best place for her to be. And she thrived. And she would not have known that if she didn't seek God. So I'm going to read a little bit out of page 19. It says, as I have spoken with women around the globe in recent years, it has become increasingly clear that the spotlight is wider and more penetrating than ever before. We live in a world and in a season in history where everyone is watching everyone. Because of technology and social media, it seems as if everyone has access to everyone, which means everyone is constantly aware of the spotlight. Not only that, but we live in a world and in a season where there is an unprecedented pressure to pretend that life is easy, that we've got everything figured out and everything under control, that we are healthy, wise, happy, and free with no storm clouds on the horizon. This is, this is true, right? In our lives, we go through things and we have to pretend like everything is fine and everything is not fine. And like Mary, we know that life is really complicated. She was in a complicated situation, even though the angel assured her that everything was fine, that God was with her, she still felt like this is, this is complicated, this is tricky. And we have to be assured that in any situation that we're dealing with, that God is with us. It says here, it's complicated. When your neighbors walk by your home each morning, they can't help but feel a stab of envy. They've seen the car you drive. They watched as a new porch was constructed out, although you call it a pergola. They've seen the way your children mow the yard and pick the weeds every Saturday morning. They saw you and your husband kissing on the porch after your Friday date night. But what if those same neighbors could see inside the walls? What if they could see your credit card bill? What if they could hear the arguments? What if they could feel what you feel when dinner time has come and gone and your husband forgot to call again? How would you feel if they knew everything about you? It's complicated. That is the absolute truth. A lot of times we have this facade and it's not necessarily that we always want to create a facade. A lot of times it's just we are not in the mood to share things that are not positive. We want to kind of forget about them. So we end up sharing the moments that are great. And it can look on the outside that everything is perfect. Your life is great. And we're the only ones suffering, right? And that's a really tough feeling. You know, on days where I'm not feeling that great and I go on social media and I see all these fabulous pictures, I'm just like, I guess no one else's problems, huh? And it does make you feel like that because who's really posting about that? And, you know, it's not a great thing to see either. We don't want to see everyone's problems. But it does feel lonely and it does feel complicated, which is why I really love any kind of women's group 
or any place where women can come together and talk about what's going on in their life. Because we go through so much as people and we feel alone. Like it's just us and that no one understands. I want you to think about your life and how important it is for you to be assured that when you're going through these things, that God is with you and that it's not just you. And if anyone, any one of you ladies have ever gotten the idea in my life that my life is perfect or fabulous or wonderful, that is not true. Even though it could come off like that from the way I present myself or what you see on social media, that is absolutely not true. I have just as many hard days as I have great days. And to be honest, I think I may even have more hard days than good days. I just pray a lot on the days where I'm suffering. And by the end of the day, I'm doing a lot better. <laughs> but my marriage and my career and everything, my body, all of those things have a lot of, a lot of problems. So it's not what I put out. The truth is... I share kind of the aftermath of praying through all of those things and what God has brought me out of and the struggles that I've been through and how beautiful it is to see that he is able to bring me out of it, that it's not forever, that I do have somewhere to go and pour my heart out to because the reality is it's nowhere near perfect. I want to encourage you not to put a lot of weight on people of influence, whether it's social media or celebrities, to think that their life is any different than yours because it just isn't true. It's no different. I know that some of you may think when we talk about, you know, people being favored, maybe you have times in your life where you can think of God's favor, things that God has done for you that were just unbelievably wonderful, where you felt that things were just going according to your wishes, even though you didn't deserve it, and you didn't have anything to do with it. I know when I had uh, my bachelorette party, my friends and I went to Miami, and the whole time, mind you, I had been fasting and praying about my whole wedding process for months, and that whole trip was <laughs> very interesting, but throughout the trip, a lot of things were going wrong, by the way, like pretty much almost everything did not go according to plan. But in that, there was always something beautiful. And my friends kept saying, like, look at God's favor. You are favored. Like, something about the way things came about let them know, like, she must have God's favor because these situations are not making sense. So many things were just happening for us. We were on the street and we were getting invited and, and all of these, like, VIP services, you know, for no reason when our other plans had just fallen through and it kept happening over and over again. And it was just the favor of God. And it's a beautiful thing when other people recognize it. But I'm sure that there's some of you ladies who might feel like you cannot think of a single time where you were favored. Maybe you really can't think of a time and you feel like God hasn't really blessed you in any way because you had a really hard life. And that might be true, that you may feel that way and that your life has been hard. But that's why God shows us a life of these women in the Bible. It's for you to know that you're not the only one who's had a hard life. Even though it may be hard to relate sometimes because you're not able to apply it to your life, He gives us these women to show that He will bring you through it. And that when He does, 
it's going to be magnificent if you learn how to seek his face and pray. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a virtual counseling service where you can schedule phone or video sessions. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. It is a worldwide service and can help you in areas such as depression, anxiety, anger, trauma, and other concerns. Everything that you share is confidential, professional, and affordable. You can check out their testimonials on their website daily. And note, this is not a crisis hotline. I want you to live a life where you're full of happiness and hope today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off of your first month by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com feminine. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash feminine. We all know that Mary's situation was really hard. And what stood out to me was the fact that she was dealing with something that no one understood. To be able to say that you were pregnant by the Holy Spirit still doesn't make a lot of sense, even to us, right? Hearing it, we know that it's true and we believe it, but in terms of someone actually telling you this, it's, it's hard to wrap your mind up because you just don't understand how that's possible. What does that even mean, right? And so she was dealing with something completely unheard of and unusual, and she had to accept it and defend it. And that must have been very hard. And not just that, but her her birth process. When she ended up giving birth to Jesus, she did it in a barn, in a stable. Her baby was inside of the the little box, the trough where the pigs eat out of. It wasn't a beautiful environment. She was by herself. She didn't have any nurses or midwives. She didn't have family bringing her balloons. She didn't have anything. She gave birth in a place where no one would want to give birth and in a way where she had no medical help, no pain relief, nothing. That must have been extremely hard to say the least, to say the absolute least. She had zero comfort. She had to deal with the smell of the animals and and the manure and all of that while she was giving birth. This process that was supposed to be glorious was in a place that was left much to be desired. Her whole story was just really tough. And then of course, as she continued her life, watching her son get crucified, watching her son be be killed for nothing, right? That I would never wish on any person or any mother to ever have to see her child die before she does. That to me is like the ultimate worst thing in the world. And so not only did did it happen, it happened right in front of her face. She had to watch her son suffer and she was suffering while he was suffering. So she went through a life where she had a lot of pain and we don't really remember that often. We give her the glory because she was a mother of Jesus, but we don't think about what that meant for her personal life and how that affects us. 
I'm sure at some point she may have wondered why she was suffering so much, right? Other women get to have midwives and have this comfortable place that they give birth and have their family around. And you're saying that I'm favored, but I'm having my baby in a barn? Like, how does that make sense, right? So a lot of times we sometimes think that when God gives us certain things, that it should look a certain way. And we don't feel like it's a blessing because it's not perfect, which is not the truth. It's just hard to see it. But the blessing is in the fact that you had God with you, that you were able to overcome something that most people could never handle, that you were chosen for something that was probably difficult. And that's why you were chosen, because God knew that you would do it, that you'd be faithful, and that you would take his assistance and follow through with it. And I want you to know that, you know, the Lord will never give you more than you can bear. Even if you are dealing with something that's very difficult, he is never going to allow you to have any circumstance that is too difficult for you. So remember that that's a promise of his. You don't ever have to think, okay, well, I'm never going to get over this. I'm never going to overcome this. That's not true. It would have never even come to you. He would have never even allowed it to come to you if you weren't able to get through it. You just have to seek him so that you're not doing it on your own. Also, it's it's important that when you are going through something really tough, that you give praise to God while you're doing it. Now, I know this is so much easier said than done. And I've been in a situation recently where I was in so much agony and pain and it wasn't until the pain just was, wasn't stopping that I remembered, you know what, like screw this. I'm so tired of the devil messing with me. I'm praising God through this. And I did. I was praising him through the pain and it was the most beautiful thing because what was happening to me was painful, but I wasn't going to allow that to be something to drive me away from God, to curse God, to lose my faith. And I praised him through all of that pain and he delivered me through it. And not only that, but while I was praising him, I was already feeling so much better. This is something that takes you intentionally saying you're going to do and remembering it in those hard times. My family member, one of them called me yesterday and told me she had gotten into a car accident and her car was totaled. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, this is like the second accident she's had back to back. And I was so stuck on that, like the fact that like, why are all these things happening to you? And she was like, but you know what? I don't have a car, but I'm driving my husband's car. And at the end of the day, I have all my limbs. I've just been praising God throughout this entire situation. And it was very inspirational to me because in those times, it's, it's usually the last thing you want to do is to praise God. It's like, praising you for what? And you're not praising him saying, thank you so much, Jesus, for allowing me to break my leg. Thank you for allowing my husband to cheat on me. That is not what you're doing. You're not thanking him for that because he did not bring you that. That came from the devil. You are thanking the Lord that he loves you, that he is with you, that he's going to get you through it, that there's going to be something beautiful at the end of this. And you're thanking him in advance. You're thanking him for being God. You're thanking him for being with you throughout everything else that's happened in your life. You're not thanking him for that situation in and of itself. I just want you to try to remember that in the, in the hardest places is a time where 
you can really use God's love. And he's always waiting for you to seek him out. He'll be right there. Mary did say something that was really inspirational in scripture. She said that she was a Lord's slave. When the angel was speaking to her and, and telling her, okay, this is what the Lord wants you to do. She said that she was God's slave. And that was so powerful to read. You know, she was a woman who loved the Lord. And that is a posture that I encourage you to take on as God's daughter, is realizing that God made you for him. He did not make you for your husband or your boyfriend. He didn't make you for your job. He didn't even make you for your children. He made you for him. He made you for himself. So you are God's glory. You are his masterpiece. He loves you so much, but your life should be dedicated to him and what he's asked you to do. And this is something I try to remember when I'm in situations where I don't want to be obedient to God. I truly don't because maybe this person has wronged me and they don't deserve my compassion or God's asking me to do something I don't feel like I have the time for, I don't have the energy for. I have to bring myself back and say, Lord, you made me for you, not for these people, not for these situations. And so if you want me to do it, I will do it because I belong to you. And that actually brings me so much comfort, especially when I'm being mistreated by someone, whether it's my parents or my husband or my siblings. It brings me so much comfort knowing that I'm not theirs. <laughs> I know that's, that might sound bad, but it does because people will mistreat you. People will hurt you. People will let you down. People will not play the roles that you believe that they should play in your life. They should be this great father to you or this great sister to you, and they're not. And it brings a lot of comfort knowing that you don't belong to them. Yes, they are your sister, they are your brother, they are your husband, they are your boyfriend, but you weren't made for them. You are made for the Lord. You are his baby. You're his daughter. And no matter what, you can come to him when you're hurt, when you're down, and he will com comfort you. And the Lord says that in his word, I am the one who comforts you. And I love that. Bring it to him. Don't worry about other people. When you're in situations and you want your friend's advice and you want to call up your best friend and, and cry, some of these people won't even pick up their phone. They won't text you back. They'll be out with their friends and you will feel so lonely. You were made for God and God alone. He is the one who comforts you. What areas in your life is God asking you to move? He's asking you to take upon. He's asking you to confront. He's asking you to finish. And you are too afraid. You're too afraid to confront it, too afraid to confront him. You're too afraid to move forward with it. Think about those areas. And in terms of talking about the whole idea of praise, Mary did end up, after she spoke with Elizabeth, having a song of praise that she proclaimed to the Lord. It says in Luke verse uh, 46, chapter one, and Mary said, 
My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, because he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his slave. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, because the Mighty One has done great things for me, and his name is Holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, mindful of his mercy, just as he spoke to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. And that was her song of praise to the Lord. And it was, you know, her exalting the Lord for what he's done. And I'm going to read out of the book on page 28. Jesus himself affirmed this mission when he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So let me ask you, what are some ways where you've experienced the darkness of this world? Notice I didn't ask if you've experienced darkness because I know you have. Each of us confronts the darkness in different ways, but none of us are immune. How are you experiencing darkness right now? Right at this very moment. Whatever your circumstances may be, let me encourage you to pray for light. That is a principle I hope you will highlight here on this page and write down somewhere because it's worth remembering. When you are surrounded by a darkness that threatens to overwhelm your very soul, your only hope is prayer. Your only source of relief is to remember that darkness is never stronger than light, and you have access to that light when you turn to him in prayer. This is absolutely true. We are all dealing with areas in our life that are dark things that we don't want to think about, don't want to acknowledge, don't want to share, and you don't have to. But you do need to bring it to God. You do need to have time in your day where you spend in solitude with the Lord. And if you don't have that, then I encourage you to make that a priority this week and find a place in your home. It can be a closet. It can be in your car. It can be at your job. Honestly, it can be anywhere as long as you're alone and Pray and ask the Lord to help you confront this area of darkness in your life, help you to overcome it, help you to soften your heart, help you to be able to be brave enough, courageous enough to step forward. I know that the enemy will do so much to try to get you from going to the next level. When you're so close to a breakthrough, when you're so close to Reaching a certain point in your life, the enemy will try to do all kinds of things to distract you, to bring you down, to remind you of your past, to discourage you. And we can't allow that to happen because the enemy is no match for God, no match. And he will definitely be there for you in every moment. And God will test you. He will also test you. He will also see where your heart is right before he gives you something very grand. He will see if you are about him, if you remember that you were made for him first. 
He'll also allow you to have lots of wonderful things, but he'll see when you get those things, are you going to come back to him? Are you going to glorify him? Or are you going to forget about him? Right? There's so many things that we as people are confronted with that are very difficult. They're very complicated. It's not something that you can just brush off. For example, and this ties right into what we're talking about. Let's say you are pregnant right now. Okay, let's say you just found out you were pregnant or you've been pregnant for a couple of weeks, whether you are a teenager, whether you are unmarried, whether you are married, but you don't want to have any more children. I want you to pray. I want you to pray about this pregnancy because just like with Mary, it was unexpected and it was something very difficult, but God is with you. He loves you. He loves that child. He would not have allowed that child to be conceived if he did not have a plan for that child. This baby is a blessing, not just to you, but for the world. I know that if you're in a home where your parents are not going to approve of it, or maybe you're not in the home, but your family is going to look down on you, or you think it's going to interrupt your career, or you don't want your husband to be disgusted with you because you're pregnant again, and he's making it seem like it's your fault, or being pregnant for you just caused so many issues in the past. Whatever it is, whatever you are afraid of, because all of that is rooted in fear, whatever you are afraid of, remember that God is light. He is going to be with you, and he is going to make sure that his purpose for this baby will prevail. Every child belongs to God. And if you haven't already, I want you to pray. Pray before you make any decisions. Pray before you tell anyone. Just pray and see what the Lord says to you. See how he guides you through this process. See what he tells you about this baby and write it down. Okay, write it down because Whatever he tells you will come to pass. It will come true. And there is a reason behind every single thing that the Lord allows in your life because you are his daughter. It does not have to make sense to you. It does not have to be part of your plan. It is part of his plan. And you are brave. You are strong. You are courageous. And you are so beautiful in his eyes no matter what. In the book on page 36, it says that sometimes we allow Mary's virginity in this entire episode to overshadow the other admirable elements of her character. For example, one of the qualities I like most about Mary is her tenacity. Mary was a tenacious woman. In the face of all kinds of obstacles and all kinds of trials, she fought without surrender. And she fought not for herself, but for the life of her child for her family. There has been an epidemic in the world over recent decades that encourages women to either choose an easier path than Mary chose. There is a philosophy or a way of thinking that tells women to elevate themselves, their needs, and their wants, and their careers, and their free time, and their hobbies, to elevate everything they desire over their families and over their children. I believe this is a tragedy. Not because women are not valuable, but because there is an incredible value in offering ourselves for the ones that we love most, as Mary did. 
I praise Mary for the tenacity that she showed in serving her family. And I sing the praises of every woman who chooses to keep her child, even when the road ahead seems difficult. I praise every working mother who fights tenaciously to hold close to her children, even as she holds down a job. I praise every wife who chooses to willingly set apart her own career, set aside her own career in service to her family. And I praise every single mother who finds a way to work a career month after month and year after year and still provide the nurture and the care to her children in need. We need more tenacious women in this world. We need more women so fierce and fiery that their men thank God every day for whatever guardian angel brought them into their lives. It's necessary for us as women to step up and to do what God wants us to do, not what the world says that we should do. We do have a purpose as women in this world, and our lives are not our own. We think that they are. We think our body is our own. Your body belongs to the Lord. You were made for God. Whatever God put inside of it is his as well. So I want you to remember this in the hard times and the tough times where you don't understand why and you don't think it's going to work out. It's not up to you. The Lord has already planned your life out. And trust me, his plans are beautiful. But you do have to get through the thorns and you do have to go through things for him to show you that he is God. Otherwise, why would you even need him? One of my absolute favorite scriptures that I lean on and I, I've leaned on for a very long time is in the scripture that we read in Luke. And it's where it says, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. That's Luke 145. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. God has so many promises in the Bible to his daughters. He has so many things that he has said he will do for you. And the Lord follows everything that he has written in his book. So when you pray, make sure to find these promises and pray them back to him. And remind the Lord of who you are to him. And he will fulfill every single promise to you. So you are blessed those of you who believe that he will fulfill his promises to you, you are blessed, just as Mary was. So with that, I want us to go ahead and speak to God. If you can just close your eyes and just know that the Lord is with you right now in your bedroom. He is there. He is right next to you. The Holy Spirit is ministering to you. I hope that these words just resonate in your spirit and that you can act upon them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing your daughters to be here today and to hear your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who is with us at all times and never, ever leaves us. We pray, Father, that you forgive us of all of our sins, those that we've sinned towards you and towards others. We ask that you allow us to forgive anyone who has harmed us, anyone who has brought pain into our lives. We ask that you allow us to forgive them so that you can forgive us. We ask, Father, that you allow us to be strong and courageous women, to be able to be tenacious in all the things that you've asked us to do. 
to remember to lean on you in times where we are desolate, where we are desperate, where we feel that we have nothing else to lean on, to remind us that you are God, that you love us, to show us the ways in which you want us to walk and protect us through everything that we do. We pray for favor upon our lives, that you may grant us unusual favor in everything that we set to accomplish, that you help us through any conversations that we need to have, that you heal our marriages, our relationships, our friendships, our spirits, that you heal any mental ailments that we may be dealing with right now, that you lead us to the people, Lord Jesus, that will allow us to come closer to you. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you protect our families and our friends, and that you guide us to a place where we can become the women that you have called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much to each and every one of you ladies who joined me for this podcast today. I hope that this blessed you and allowed you to look a little deeper into your life and think about the ways in which the Lord is touching you and prompting you to make some new decisions. I want you to take time this week and spend time with the Lord in prayer. Ask him questions about ways in which he wants you to be more courageous how the story of Mary affects your life today, and how you can be the woman that he created you to be. Remember that I do weekly giveaways on my Instagram page, and you can enter by looking for the photo with the title of this podcast. Be sure to follow me at A Feminine Impression on Instagram and on my personal page, Dr. Michelle Daff. Also, make sure to visit my website, findforever.com and purchase 2911, the fragrance. I hope each and every one of you ladies remembers that no matter what you're going through, whether it's a sickness, whether it's a heartbreak, whether you're dealing with a personal ailment that no one understands, God loves you. He is there for you and he will bring you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Have a wonderful week, my love. And remember that in all things you do, make a feminine impression. Until next time, my loves. Bye-bye.